You are listening to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast with your host Holly and her trusty sidekick Beck. Good afternoon, Beck. Hey, Holly. How are you going today? Great, thanks. How about you? Good, thank you. I'm so excited for this episode. Me too. We are talking about something that has probably been a century-long problem. That will continue to be an issue. (laughs) It's not going to go away. No. But we are going to talk about it today and it is going to be glorious. I know that you love this topic as much as I do. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about tantrums, (laughs) toddlers, toilet training, and it is going to be a game changer for some people. Yeah. I know that this has been such an invaluable tool for myself and for my family and I know that you felt the same. Totally. So first of all, when I'm just going to say this, tantrums, Mm. tantrums are going to happen. They are normal. Mm -hmm. The information we're going to give you isn't necessarily going to stop them, but it is going to show you how to reduce them and how to handle them better Mm -hmm. and how how you feel better about them. So they will happen. My kids, when they don't get their own way, now it's not the same as a toddler tantrum (laughs) now that they're older. But no one likes it when they don't get their own way. Mm. I don't like it when I don't get my own way. Me either. (laughs) No one does. And so it's just about learning to manage the emotions that come with not getting your own way or not getting what you want. Mm -hmm. But tantrums will still happen. So for toddlers, they actually need equal amounts of power and attention. And most often toddlers actually don't have well, they don't feel like they have enough power because their mm. world is all about being told what to do and someone else kind of looking after them and managing them. But they're actually tiny little individual people that have mm-hmm. a strong will that they want to do things their own way because humans are born to learn to be inquisitive and to explore their world and to find out, you know, cause and effect. And that's just a normal part of human development and brain development but once we recognize that toddlers especially require this power and attention we can actually give them some form Mm. of healthy power within the limits that we set and it can actually help them to become so much more calm and to Mm -hmm. reduce their frustrations and their tantrums and all of that so we're going to talk about that today so excited i'm so excited (laughs) so can you, do you reckon, Beck, you could guess what um, is one of the words that toddlers learn really fast? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why is that? Well, toddlers, a lot of toddlers, not all of them, but most toddlers, <laughs> I've, actually I've heard a lot of parents say, about their own kids, oh, yeah, you know, this kid or my kid is, you know, got such a strong will. You know what? They all do. (laughs) You will get the very occasional kid who is very always compliant, Mm -hmm. but toddlers are going to be strong-willed and they're going to assert their willpower because that's all part of growing up and learning Mm. about the world and learning what happens when I assert my willpower. Mm -hmm. So toddlers really often will be really good at saying the word no when they're asked to do something Mm -hmm. because they've heard it so much before Mm -hmm. they hear no a lot and that's normal because when you first have a baby 
or you first introduce a child into your family and they begin to explore the world, all of a sudden you realise all the things that you don't want them to do. You don't Mm -hmm. want them to touch this. You don't want them to hurt themselves. You don't want them to stop eating their food when they're supposed to be eating it. And so you don't want them to touch something when they've got dirty hands or whatever. And so they're often so used to hearing the word no. And so then when we as parents ask them to do something, well, they respond to us the same way we've responded (laughs) to them, which is no. (laughs) It's so true. So true. I remember this time once I was at your house and Mm -hmm. um, we had – uh, it must have, must have had a bit of a gathering there because there were some other people there with their children. And I remember seeing this child going to the light switch and turning mm-hmm. it on and off. And my instant reaction was to tell them not to do it, like to stop <laughs> doing that. But it wasn't my house. It wasn't my child. So it wasn't my place to say anything. <laughs> and You were there and you didn't actually say no. And, and I remember like just thinking, what is she doing? Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but tell me why. Why didn't you, why didn't you tell the child to stop playing with the light switch? <laughs> I do vaguely remember it. Um, look, I mean, on a number of levels, it's not my child, even though it's my house. Mm. Um, but in saying that, I think you obviously you want to give your child boundaries and you want to let them know what's okay in certain situations. For this particular child, I knew him quite well and I thought that there's no point in that particular situation in me telling him, no, 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 don't do that. Because what that creates for a lot of children is, ooh, this is exciting and this is something I now want to do because, A, I'm getting a reaction out of the adult. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, toddlers want power Mm -hmm. and that is a way that they gain power by you telling them no and them then con- them continuing to do it because for a toddler that says I have the power of the adult because mm-hmm. I can make them squawk by doing <laughs> this light switch thing. Mm-hmm. So I think in my mind in that particular situation and in others as well with my kids, with mm-hmm. my own kids, I would have thought, okay, yeah, maybe I don't want him to do that. Sometimes you can use distraction instead of having to say no. Mm-hmm. but I thought to myself, well, he's going to do it for a few seconds and realise he's not going to get any power or attention out of that and then change his behaviour and then the light switch won't be so alluring to him mm-hmm. because he won't, he's tried that and it hasn't worked for him. Mm. Now, I don't say that to say you shouldn't say no to your child. That's not yes. what this is about. Mm-hmm. But rather what we need to do is give our children and our toddlers specifically enough power and control within their own world Mm. so that they don't feel the need to do those things and so that when we do tell them no or we do ask them to do something they actually become a lot more compliant because they feel like they've got some control in Mm -hmm. their world how can we do that how can we give them some control and power well one thing I like to think about is if you think about yourself for example as an adult, Mm -hmm. from the moment you wake up in the morning or even before that, normally for an adult, you've decided what time you're going to wake up because you've had to set your alarm, for example. Mm -hmm. 
You've decided what time you're going to wake up. You've decided whether or not you hit snooze. You've decided when you wake up what kind of pants you're going to wear because Mm -hmm. maybe you are going to work and you need your work pants or maybe you're going to a big dinner and you need to have some stretchy elastic or something on (laughs) (laughs) on your jeans or or whatever. So there's a lot of things that you as an adult get to decide Mm -hmm. and have control about in your day. Now for a toddler, often what happens is they're told when to get up. They're told what time they're having breakfast. They're told what, what they have to wear. But one of the ways that we can give them heaps of the feeling of control within our own limits Mm. is by offering them choices. Now, Mm -hmm. this is a love and logic technique that they do really well and they explain it so well. And there's heaps of resources about this. One in particular that I would start with if I was recommending it would be their love and logic magic for early childhood book. Mm -hmm. It's a great book. It's an amazing book. But One of the things they talk about in that book is offering choices to your child a lot. And it's not that you, you never offer a choice to your child that you don't want them to choose. So what Mm -hmm. we're talking about is offering choices to your child and that you offer them only two choices. Mm -hmm. And each of those choices, you are happy for them to choose either one. And Mm -hmm. either one of those ones doesn't matter to you. So that's what we're talking about. So you might say to your child, uh, it's breakfast time. Would you like to have wheat bix or cornflakes? Mm-hmm. Now, you wouldn't say, would you like to have wheat bix or Cocoa Pops if you weren't happy for them to choose Cocoa Pops. Mm. So you've only got, you give choices that's within your own limits. So you mm-hmm. wouldn't give them a choice that you didn't want them to choose, but you would always give them a choice within your own limits because that way they feel like, oh, this is exciting. I get mm-hmm. to choose this thing here. Mm-hmm. And so you offer your child as many little choices throughout the day as you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And it actually helps them to feel more empowered. It helps them to practice making decisions and it helps them to feel like they've got more of that power so that when there is something that you need to ask them to do, they actually become more compliant and better at doing it. Mm. So, like, for example, if you are out and about and you get your toddler out of the car and you're about to cross the road, you want to make sure the child is safe. So you're not going to say to them, would you like to cross the road by yourself or would you like me to take you? Because that's a really unsafe choice. Mm. But you might say, would you like to hold my hand while we cross the road or would you like me to carry you? because both of those options are safe, but it gives Mm -hmm. the child a a feeling and a sense that they've got some sort of control in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'll tell a little story, if that's okay with you. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, when one of my kids was little, we were at a park and we were playing and, you know, I was thinking, okay, it's going to be time to go soon. And there was another family at the park and this family also was about to go. I didn't know the family. And this, the mum said to the child, it's time to go Johnny or whatever his name mm-hmm. was. Time to go Johnny. It's time to go. And Johnny of course didn't want to go because he loved being at the park. I mean, who would want to go? I know. I know. Who wants to leave a park? <laughs> and this child was obviously really stubborn and didn't want to leave the park. And I felt for this mum because I'm like, this could be any of us. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, we've all experienced that before. doesn't matter, you know, 
doesn't matter what you know, all parents have experienced this before, mm-hmm. I'm sure, where you want your child to do something and they're, they're sticking up a fuss about it. Uh-huh. So I watched this mum and she said, Johnny, it's time to go, it's time to go. And then she said, all right, if you don't come now, I'm going to leave without you. And then she slowly started to walk off. She was still within sight, obviously. She was a good mum, mm-hmm. not bagging her out. <laughs> she wasn't being unsafe. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but we've all done that thing where you threaten them. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if you don't leave now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go without you. And she yep. started to slowly walk off, just like watching him out of the corner of her eye. And little Johnny, of course, knows mum and knows how she <laughs> does stuff. So he didn't bat an eyelid. Like, uh-huh. He knows mum's not, He's he's got a good mum. He knows mum's not actually going to leave him at the mm-hmm. park. And so uh, he just kept swinging on the swing or whatever he's doing. And then mum comes back, Johnny, I mean it. I mean it. If you don't come now, I'm going to leave. Oh, come on, Johnny, come on. I'm, I mean it. Anyway, this went on for a little while and eventually mum got super frustrated, growled at Johnny and then went over and grabbed him by the hand and kind of dragged him, not in a, um, hurtful way no not in a hurtful way <laughs> um so yeah and that was that and so I watched this play out and I thought okay I know my love and logic skills I don't always use them as much as I should I'm trying I'm practicing mm-hmm. and so then I started to think okay how could I make my experience of leaving the park different to what has just happened that I've seen because I know that that could very easily be my experience with my mm. child so then I realized okay so little Johnny didn't have enough power or control over his situation right there. So how can I give my child control or power in this situation? So Mm -hmm. I said, I said to, I said to my child, it's going to be time to leave the park soon. Do you want to go now or would you like 10 more minutes? And of course, what is a child going to choose? 10 10 more minutes. minutes. But, you know, you say that to your child 10 more minutes before you actually want to leave. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind which one he wanted to choose. Then when the 10 minutes were up, I said, the 10 minutes is up. Would you like to walk to the car or run to the car? And or would you like to hold my hand while we walk to the car or would you like to jump to the car? And then my child was like, I'd like to walk to the car. And then I said, would you like to get off the swing now? Or would you like to get off the swing with your feet in the air? And he looked up at me and said, <laughs> feet in the air. So what that meant for me at that time was picking him up and putting his feet in the air. But he was so happy. And then we got mm-hmm. to the car and I said, do you want to open the door or do you want mum to open the door? Mum to open the door. So I opened the door. Do you want to jump in the car by yourself or do you want me to hold your hand while you jump in the car? I'll jump in myself. Do you want to put your belt on or do you want mummy to put your belt on? I want to put my belt on. Now, of course, I will say this as a caveat. Once the, the child has put their belt on, you must check it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once he would put his belt on, do you want mum to check it with both hands or with one hand? <laughs> Something like that. Always uh-huh. giving them the choice with what you're happy with. So my child left the park and was happy. Now, I will say this. I can hear all the parents out there saying, yeah, but my child's much smarter and my child's going to want a third option. Mm. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced this back with your own kids where they want a third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, One of the reasons we give them these options and offer and provide these choices is it gives them really good practice making decisions and that helps them later in life. But one of the things that Love and Logic teach is about 
when you when you offer them two choices and they say oh but i want this other third choice that i've come up with what they teach is to actually say oh i'm so sorry that wasn't one of the choices and then repeat your choice again and if mm. they can't make a decision then you choose for them mm. because what that teaches them is okay i need to make the decision for me because if I don't choose mum ends up choosing for me and Mm -hmm. I don't want mum to choose for Mm -hmm. me I want to (laughs) choose I want to be the one to choose yes so I better quickly choose because I know that if I don't mum will choose for me Mm -hmm. and I mean I've used these choices as you know with my kids for so long and it really does help and even now I'll still use choices with Uh my kids or with people or with family or not in the same way as you do with a toddler, but it definitely comes into, you know, anytime I talk to my kids, hey, kids, it's time for dinner. Would you like to set the table or would you like to clean up from dinner afterwards? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not, it's not, it's not telling them directly what they're going to do, but it's mm-hmm. giving them a choice of, hey, you guys are going to contribute. Which one would you like to contribute yep. to? I often do the, um, you know, you, the rubbish bins need emptying. Did you want to do that before dinner or after dinner? Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a regular one here. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're setting a limit of, okay, this is something that needs to happen and you're the person that's going to do it, but you're allowing them some choice around how they're actually going to get that done or get that completed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, also, there's going to be parents out there who are saying, okay, but what, what, what about when they don't or what if they don't? What if they don't choose? Well, that's a whole nother podcast and we'll address that another time. (laughs) But what I'd really love for everyone to do that is keen to try out this experiment is to start offering their children, they don't have to be toddlers, start offering them lots and lots Mm -hmm. of little choices. Give them 99% of choices when the consequence doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, don't ever use a choice as a threat. So Mm. a a choice as a threat looks like, would you like to turn that TV off or would you like to go to bed early tonight? That's, that's a choice <laughs> as a threat, <laughs> a way, a way to um, change that up would be, would you like to turn the TV off or do you need me to do it for you? Mm. So either way, the TV's going off, but the, mm-hmm. the child, you know, has some choice in that. Or and even, child, sorry, go on. And if the child doesn't choose, what happens? Well, the adult turns the TV mm-hmm. off. <laughs> Another one, another good one like that is similar to your park story. Five yeah. minutes before you want the TV off, did you want to turn the TV off now or in five minutes? Yes. Mm. Yep. That's really good. And I, I know that um, some parents and parents parents who are thinking this are, were probably raised with drill sergeant parents themselves or find themselves falling into the drill sergeant category, which I know that probably my more natural state sometimes Mm -hmm. and a drill sergeant parent is one who expects that just because a child is a child and just because an adult is an adult that when I give an instruction that they should listen and obey and that's Mm. that's you know an impression that we've gotten from history and from our own upbringing or from the media or whatever but it's very common to think that because I'm the parent or because I'm the adult if I give my child instruction, they should listen and do and obey. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's room for that, but that's not always the way it goes and we can't actually control 
what our children do and how they respond to that. So we need to make sure that we've got enough skills that we can put the focus on our relationship and loving them and providing healthy boundaries so that they can make great choices within those boundaries. I think we were going to talk about toilet training as well. Yeah. And then I've got one more thing to share at the end, but toilet training. I know that we are both far from that now, Beck. Yes. <laughs> now I'll say this first. Your, to- your child won't be able to be toilet trained until they are physio- physiologically ready. Mm. There is a physical aspect to this as well. So if your child is, you know, I was toilet trained by my nana and I wasn't, I wasn't even two. That's mm-hmm. very early. Mm-hmm. But some children aren't toilet trained until they're four. Yep. But it's about physiologically and urine and poo, two different muscles. So you can actually be toilet trained for one and not the other. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily directly related. So any parents out there that are toilet training are about to start it, we with you we're we're with you we're with you you can do (laughs) it you can do it and it it won't always be hard and you will you you will get them there but Mm -hmm. one of the greatest tips that I've ever heard which also comes from love and logic and this works with anything really Mm. but if you want your child to do something Model it with great joy and enthusiasm. Mm. So one thing that I like to do sometimes is if I'm trying to get my kids to do something or, or, or want them to, you know, model something from me is I talk out loud to myself as I'm doing something like, let's say it's, you know, cleaning my teeth or making my bed or something or changing my bed sheets and then making my bed, I'll say things like, oh, wow, it feels so good to have fresh sheets on my bed and, oh, I love the way it makes me feel when my bed is made and the sheets are all flat and pulled up together. Or after I've brushed my teeth, oh, wow, when I run my tongue on my teeth, they're so smooth and I love Mm. the fresh feeling in my mouth. And it's really all about modelling and with the toilet training, it's the same thing. So... Mm -hmm. Take your child into the toilet with you when you go to the toilet and model it with great joy. (laughs) And it sounds kind of funny, but if your child sees you going to the toilet, they're going to want to do it as well. Mm -hmm. So don't make it become this, you must sit on the toilet for 15 minutes every time the alarm goes off because then it becomes a negative association Mm. but just model it with great joy oh I think I need to go to the toilet I'm gonna go there now would you like to come and watch me sit on the toilet or stand on the toilet depending on how you (laughs) need to use it (laughs) ah wow that feels so good after I've been to the toilet just model it with great Mm -hmm. joy and enthusiasm and make sure that you're um, attending to your child's physiological needs by just checking the signs if they're ready or not so if they're if they're ready they might wake up in the morning with a dry nappy which shows that they're holding it overnight Mm -hmm. that can be a good indicator Mm. so good luck you can do it tell us your stories we want to hear yes tell us tell us us what happens when you model it with great joy and enthusiasm absolutely and until your child as well there'll be something that clicks within them Mm. And they'll all of a sudden they'll get it and they'll understand it and they'll be able to link it to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And they'll get there. Yeah, they will. we promise. 
we do promise. <laughs> um, so I several years ago, probably six or seven, six years ago or so now, um, I created a video of one of my kids and with his permission I put it on YouTube. But what it is, so this particular child always hated getting <laughs> clean and always hated bath time and having a shower. And so I decided one day that I would give him all the power around showers. And so instead of say, just telling him, you need to have a bath, you're dirty, it's time to get clean, I gave him lots and lots of choices leading up to the bath time. So I'm going to put a link to that mm. YouTube clip. It goes for about five minutes. I'm going to put a link to that YouTube clip in the episode description. So I encourage you to go and watch it. Uh-huh. And Me when too. you watch I it, really encourage you to go and watch it. It's a great video. It's, it's very cute and it's yeah. funny. <laughs> but I know that when you watch it, some parents are going to say, because there's quite a lot of choices that I offer him leading up mm-hmm. to something that I knew was difficult for him. Some parents are going to say, I don't have enough time to ask that many choices leading up to something that he finds difficult. You don't have to do it like that every time. But mm. I do encourage you to start practicing giving heaps and heaps more choices leading up to something that might be difficult because mm-hmm. it really will change their entire outlook. And in the video, my child, I mean, he is a super sweet boy, <laughs> but in the video he appears to be such a very sweet, compliant, obedient child. Mm-hmm. But the reason I created that video was because it was such a battle and so hard and so it really shows the difference in how it can really help so I will put a link to that in the description so make sure you go and watch that mm-hmm. and rate review and subscribe share this yes. with a friend share this with a friend that's got a toddler and if you think that they would find it helpful too and please let us know once you've tried giving lots of choices and how it's gone for you and ask us any questions if you'd like and head to love and logic website they've got lots of resources on there loveandlogic.com that can point you in the right direction to research more about this. I encourage you as well to order a book or borrow one from a friend. Yeah. Thanks for chatting today, Beck. We'll see you Thank again you. soon. See you next time. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, Beck and I would love it if you would rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. Do you have a question about the Enneagram, Love and Logic, or Love Languages? Do you have a topic you want us to cover? Or would you like to be a guest on this podcast? Please send an email to I love you too much to argue at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at I love you too much to argue podcast. Thanks for listening.